saying we still have a demographic survey up on zealist.com click on shows click on the we're listening banner and fill out the questionnaire no personal information is required also take a minute vote for us on podcastalley.com put zlist zzz list in the search engine you'll find us there and just click vote you don't need to register for that either but you do need a valid email for verification purposes now, um, we have David Moore with us. He's a friend of mine, electrician, filmmaker, radio producer, man of many trades. David, what's your story? Um, spam. I have an overwhelming fun in spam and, and all varieties. It's a, a sickness. I've been through treatment, um, but it just doesn't seem to stick. I keep going back to the, to the pork shoulder and ham and... Oh, okay. I thought you were talking about the email. Yeah, me too. <laughs> okay. So what? 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 Um. Now you're an electrician by trade. By trade. And and but you're also a cameraman, right? You bet. You bet. I, I've done documentaries and television and things like that. I was always kind of an oddball and uh, didn't get along and play well with others and kind of always wanted to do my own story. So. Um, I'm kind of one of those that art is for art's sake, and when you do art for money, you don't get to do what you want to do. You get you have to do what the people who give you the money want, which is fine and legitimate, but it's nothing I was ever very good at. Gotcha. And that's the truth, though, really. I mean, to be a, to be a true artist, you kind of can't really sell your soul, can you? <laughs> well, it, it's, you know, art has a lot of flavors and purposes, but if you just make some stuff for your own medication, you know, which is kind of what I've evolved to doing and uh, and what I what I like to do. So it, it, it's I've never been kind of one of those big approval guys, and I never figured anyone was going to give me lots of money for what I do. So that kind of made it easy mm-hmm. to do what you want to do. <laughs> it takes the pressure yeah. away. And then yeah. I kept getting fired from every studio job I ever had. <laughs> well, that's not good. <laughs> no, well, you know, <laughs> it's... Uh, you know, it, it, it is what it is. Yeah. And, uh, but you know, you create, and, and Chris, you do too. And when you sit down and you work something and you work it and you reject, you know, a thousand ideas for the one idea that sticks. And, um, and then you take that and you massage it and nurture it and, and get it into something that makes sense and that will communicate with other people. And then when it's really good enough that you know that if you show it to someone you probably won't get your feelings hurt then you take it in to, to someone who doesn't create and get it rejected <laughs> that's uh, that's just nothing I've ever been comfortable with I've always been kind of one of the well I'll pick up my marbles and you know and go home kind of guys and uh, I, 
I kind of feel that way when when I get skeptics on the podcast who like have never done anything successful in their life, you know, and they, and they like, <laughs> I kind of feel the same way, you know, like they sit there and tell you how to run your podcast or how to run your website or how to run your blog. And it's like, you go create and be successful and then get back to me with your advice. Well, See, I could then, just my, give a my shit. Answer. <laughs> exactly. My answer would be go create and then. And post it at whogivesashit.com and see what kind of response you get. Exactly. I don't. I. I. I, Everybody gets to do what they want to do in my world, and uh, and I give that not because I'm kind or or giving. I get that because I expect that from the world. Right. Well, that's true. Well, this kind of segues. I'm going to jump around on our discussions here, but this kind of segues into the into the job market discussion that we were talking about earlier. Um, David, you and I were talking about um, your job as an electrician and how how difficult it's getting on on Craigslist to um, to find jobs in your line of work. It's absolutely uh, impossible. It's just something I've never seen. I'm I'm employed now. I'm underemployed, but I'm, I'm employed. And um, it's always been that I, I use the classifieds as a barometer for how things are doing, and, and now Craigslist is declassified of choice for the country. And in our particular market in Phoenix, which is, you know, I think we're the sixth largest city in the in the country now, we're in the top ten anyway, depending on who's taking the survey. Um, there hasn't been an ad for an electrician posted since the first week of February. Yeah, and wow. I, I'm, I do sales, and I use Craigslist as well, and it's, it's there's like two main companies just, just blast it, and then the rest are all business opportunity shit. Well, what Which could is... one sell right now? Well, I mean, there's a market for anything right now. Well, business, what people are, business opportunity, biz ops, what they call it, is basically, it's a scam. It's where, it's make money from home. Right. And you're, you go and you're, do my work and my prospecting and my closing for me, and then I'll let you keep some of the money. That it's not even that. It's selling people a dream. <laughs> it's, it's selling. It's selling people like work from home, and you're selling people that you're 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 selling person people for upwards. Some of them are thousands bucks a website to sell adult material or whatever, and then. You have them buy the product, and you have them. I mean, it's just a scam, and and there's all different forms, but they're called biz ops, and that's all that's out there right now. And I refuse to sell them because it's just it's it's preying on the people that need jobs right now. So, I mean, I I I find that I was like, fuck it, dude. I'm a, I'm a call on a job that I would never take, and I called on one of those sign jobs. You know, those guys that stand on the side of the road and hold those signs. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I I called him, and I was like, yeah calling about the job i'll hold a sign uh do you or do you have anything in scottsdale and he's like whoa ho, who's interviewing who here <laughs> and i was and i was like okay i, I didn't go ahead there was an interviewing process for this he's like okay what kind of dance do you do <laughs> i said excuse me what he's like are you more in a rave dancing i'm like well what are you talking about i'm holding a sign right and he's like yeah that those are the old guys. What we do is we're constantly moving. We're constantly on on the move. And he starts trying to pitch this where I'm going to stand on the side of the road and dance like a jackass in my own fucking neighborhood <laughs> for 10 bucks an hour. And I was just like, you know what? Fuck it. And I just hung up on the guys. I mean. Yeah, and, and, oh, God. And, and so, the idea of my friend seeing me doing that just really bugs me. Does that make me bourgeois? 
No, no, me too. Yet, I mean, but... it, it had. <laughs> I had to get over it myself, but I, I mean, I wanted to have a steady source of income, and this, I have residual income from my old job, but I, I wanted a steady source of income, and. I mean, fuck, four hundred dollars at ten ninety nine a, a week is, is something, you know, because it's ten bucks yeah. an hour. And I mean, well, shit. there's always math. There's always what? Meth. Oh, meth. Okay, yeah, yeah. I, I learned a lot about meth in Penn City. Yeah. You bet. Um, no. it, it's, if I could share this, I was coming passing through um, Amarillo, Texas, a few weeks ago. And uh, living in Arizona, I forgot that the uh, rest of the world has thing called weather. And uh, part of weather is cold and another part is wind. Mm-hmm. And I'm pulling off an Amarillo to get gas. And I see a guy blown into the street by his side that <laughs> he's holding for, uh, for condos. And then I was fascinated by the idea of actually buying a condo in Amarillo. <laughs> <laughs> but they blew the guy in, into the road, and then at the next, at the on ramp back onto the interstate, there was a lady with a sign, and she'd actually gotten the clue and wired her sign to the light pole, and was standing there faking a hand on it. You know, and, um, oh gosh! Yeah, I people, see them. They're, they're dancing around. They got their iPods on. They're just like they're they're holding it with their foot. Even that, I mean, that's like, I guess, the lowest job I could think of is holding a sign because you're basically a, a post. <laughs> well, now, why why do they a... have people hold it? I mean, why not just put it on a post? I don't. Well, see, I mean, it draws attention, I guess. I, I have no idea. I guess they've done some kind of market research that shows it works. So I'm seeing that more and more. Zoning, too. Zoning, you can't just go park a sign oh, without picking okay. a. And particularly in, in Chris's area, that Scottsdale or. or they took their zoning really that's crazy. That's crazy. Well, now, now back to the subject, though. Do you think that? Um, I mean, do you think that Obama's plans, his stimulus package, will 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 help the situation? And when do you think that we'll see change, as far as that's concerned? Oh, I definitely think we do. I mean, the the problem is the money's a lot of it's pumped into infrastructure. It's pumped into schools and money like that. It's it's a bureaucracy. It is going to take time. It's not going to change overnight. But I do believe that once the, the the jobs open, unfortunately, a lot of them are going to be government jobs, which are going to be hard for me to get. But uh, yeah. off that subject, uh, but yeah, yeah, it's definitely going to create a lot of jobs, which creates a lot of jobs. So it's- yeah, I was reading that that that's what they were saying is that there's going to be a lot of government jobs, like a lot of government jobs. And um, but but companies are still laying off. I mean, my company, my day job is laying off. Um, rumor has it, and didn't um, isn't Microsoft laying off some more? And someone else just laid off like another twenty five hundred, like one of the big companies, like IBM or something like that. No, they all are. Walmart laid off eight hundred. <laughs> yeah. You know, the salvation for us all. Walmart, the last resort, yeah. laid off. Did you notice the uh, non sequitur? But did you notice that they're in in uh, Central Phoenix? They're going to open a, a Mexican themed Walmart. No, aren't um, they all? <laughs> no, I mean it's like the sign. The, the signage is going to be in Spanish. It's going oh. it, to. It's going to be. It's it's called like Walmas or something like that. <laughs> it's um. I, I see. These are the things where my liberalism gets challenged. <laughs> yeah, I did. Uh, I don't know what to say about that. I know that a Kroger grocery store 
had been fully converted um, over to uh, you know to serve that market and, and to you know to the point at the exclusion of the English speaking market and and uh, I guess that if the big corporate people are the smart ones and the ones that really know what's going on, I guess I can say that that bodes poorly for immigration reform. Um, maybe and I don't think something. I don't think immigration reform and liberalism are mutually exclusive at all. I think a lot of liberals are are not really pro immigration, especially illegal immigration. Me myself, now, I've never had a big issue with with illegal immigration. And uh, and though though I am quite annoyed with the Somali cab drivers that we we seem in the news dated with in, in Phoenix, but um, <laughs> but that that's true to my liberal roots because I don't understand why I will see 150 Somali cab drivers gathered in a parking lot talking to each other, and then I see their wives walking the four mile stretch back from uh, from Walmart carrying groceries, you know, mm. you know, in the hot desert sun, fully dressed from head to toe in a buy and. And uh, you know, so that that uh, I'm somewhat of an anti-chauvinist, and that that really annoys me. But but for the most part, you know, they're here legally. So what am I? What, what uh, I I believe in our system, and and my issue with it is I don't. If, if I can go to jail, if I can do two years in jail for a half ounce of pot, I don't understand why. If you break into a country, steal an identity, work illegally, cheat on your taxes, fraudulently get a place to live, um, <laughs> why that's okay. Yeah, I hear you there. That, uh, and, and especially at a point of, of, of competition, you know, when it is now so competitive. And if, you, if the idea is to work hard and play by the rules, then, gosh, that ought to be, that ought to be universal, I think. And that's just in the name of fairness. Yeah, my whole thing is pot should be legal. <laughs> but, <Please>. you know. <laughs> I mean, it's it, a plan. Isn't it sad that we still fight that, that, that you know, that that's, uh, that, that Kellogg's can incorporate a certain percentage of insect material into their product by law? Yeah, <laughs> because it's yeah, that's true. too cheap to clean the grain, but, but uh, oh, heaven forbid. Heaven yep. forbid. Well, let's talk about, um, I got a little backlash about my trip to Venezuela that I didn't elaborate. And David, you had reminded me that, that we should probably talk about that. So um, I, I went to Venezuela. I spent a week there with my nephew and his wife and their son. Um, my nephew's a diplomat, so um, it was kind of a really interesting trip uh, because I got to... Um, hang out uh, places in Venezuela that a lot of people probably didn't get to see, maybe because of his importance. Or um, And I also went to the jungle for a few days. But um, my overall synopsis of the trip in Hugo Chavez is that I think, even though people call him a dictator, socialist, whatever, I, I kind of think that what he's doing is really benefiting the poor in Venezuela. <laughs> What 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 well, are you? That's bad, bro. <laughs> that's anti-American. <laughs> <laughs> well, that that's why America hates him. But but Chris, why why are you laughing at that? Why are you? Well, the guy's a dictator. You... I mean, it and he did. I mean, he did the same thing Hitler did. He 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 gained his support by helping out the poor. That doesn't make him any better. 
it just make it just makes him a, a smart dictator. Well, now Chavez hasn't committed any genocide or anything, though. I mean, I wouldn't go and compare him to Hitler. Although Hitler, okay, Hitler did recruit the poor for his army, but his goal was genocide, basically. You know, the Holocaust and in Chavez, I don't really see him going around. Um, committing mass murder or anything. Yeah, you know? I, I was just, I was comparing one may. aspect. He also did. You know, no one ever talks it. about the the genocide aspect of, of George Washington's real plans. You know, the reason George mm-hmm. Washington led a revolution in this country was not because he wanted to be independent, was because he had an interest in land holdings that covered most of Ohio, Indiana, and uh, Kentucky. Mm-hmm. and a land development company, and that was what George Washington was really angry about, and he had no issue with committing genocide for the, on the people that had already lived on the land. And, and I think it's a little disingenuous that anyone in this country thinks anything other than the fact that they are harvesting the fruit of the greatest act of genocide in the last 500 years. Now, oh, you what, mean the what, Indians? You're talking about the well, Indians, I, right? Well, even to a point where we... We one one European guy thought he was going to India and got it wrong, and so a whole race of people had been mislabeled rather than correct one European guy who got it wrong. And yeah. I know that's kind of an extreme view. So, so let me go on this one, Chavez, because one of the things about it that I know when I travel in Latin America is the same people are rich in Mexico, and the same people are rich in Belize, and the same mm-hmm. people are rich in Panama that. They look just like the rich people here. Yeah. You know, and, and you'll go to Mexico City and you'll see a wealthy man named Wolfgang Gomez with blonde hair and blue eyes riding <laughs> in the back of a limo. And right. and it, it's, it's always been a phenomenal thing to me. So Wolfgang Gomez. <laughs> I'm not making this up. If you ever want a good time, read, read a uh, Mexico City phone book. And, uh, and, you know, you can almost tell the affluent by, by the European... Uh, first names, and yeah. and it's common, and I'm sure you saw it in Venezuela, who the powerful people were, when you went to yeah. restricted hotels and restricted places to eat, mm-hmm. you saw who was there at the tables among you, and I imagine it didn't look much different than sitting in Dallas. Yeah, but the, the poor people were, were way beyond the extreme. I mean, the poor people were really, really poor. I, I mean, the neighborhoods were just horrible like you you probably couldn't walk through them at night people lived like the houses were stacked on this hill up on top of each other and if there was a hard rain it would have just taken that whole neighborhood out yeah you um, posted a picture of one of them and it reminded me i don't know have have you either of you seen uh bad boys 2 yeah <laughs> you know where they're where they're running uh at the end they're they're escaping cuba and they're going down this hill and just driving through these houses, and it, it looked exactly like what Roe posted the picture of. It's just, you know, lean-to shanties, one on top of each other. Yeah, it's crazy. There are people that but, want America like that. I mean, and I don't say that as, as a knee-jerk liberal statement, but if you look at what free markets and capitalism truly, truly promise, that mm-hmm. is the promise that it has for America. It's because wealth under that system always consolidates. That's the yeah. whole idea of becoming wealthy, so you can consume the next wealthy guy. Right, and, yeah. and we're becoming a plutocracy, government ruled well, by the rich. Look, I tell all my, my rushhead Reich Nazi friends that if you want an unfettered free market where money rules and king, leave this place and go to Mexico. 
You can have that in Mexico. Mexico is almost completely unregulated when it comes to money. That's why some of the wealthiest people in the world live there. Yeah. And everything the that they claim to want here, right, everything they claim to want for America is available in Mexico. I happen yeah. don't, to not want to live in a place where the wealthy live behind 10-foot walls with broken booze bottles cemented into the top and, and everyone else lives in a shanty outside. Yeah. And if you're the guy living in the house, you have no problem. But if you're the people growing up in the shanty, then, then that really kind of sucks. And, and if that's what, what a true free market bank-driven economy promises me, then, uh, you know, I'll, I'll pass. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. But um, my overall take, though, on, on the whole Hugo Chavez thing is um, is that he seems, at least he's he's taken the oil companies that were state-run, but they were kind of run like they were private business because a lot of, very few people benefited from the profit there. And he's he's taken them and he's kind of spreading the wealth with those a little bit more fairly. I, it's still kind of lean toward the rich people because I don't think he can fully take that away. But um, But I see that as a benefit. I mean, at least he's trying to, for whatever his motives are, at least he's he's pumping something back into those shanty towns and barrios or whatever you call them in Venezuela. Yeah, just enough to keep them sustained. Well, uh, I mean, there's Which is mildly better something. than the oligarchies before that had done. You know, yeah, which, oh, yeah, that's true, and I agree with that. Yeah, I mean, it's better than the dictators that we've installed there in the past. Yeah. And yeah. and I, I, I'm, I've actually been interested in Chavez, and I was somewhat disappointed, and this is one of the reasons I was interested in your experience, Roe, as I've read the media coverage, because I haven't been to Venezuela, and I don't know, but but I go way back in my leftist leanings to, to supporting the Zapatistas in Mexico and to the point of sending money to Commander Marcos on a regular basis. Um, mm-hmm. I, I think the big coming trend you're going to see, and, and to all folks of, of European descent who might be hearing this, don't, don't be afraid. Uh, I, too, am of European descent. But what you're going to see around this planet for this century is indigenous rights movements. You know, we are Africa is still a mess, not because African people are horrible, but because you have dictators sustaining European borders. You know, they cut tribes in half and cut nations in half, and the borders that are that are represented in Latin America and in, in Africa are, are European borders. Mm-hmm. And, and they're so unnatural that that's why it takes so much violence to keep them in place. You know, and, and the fact that the Middle East right now... I was going to say that. Borders. Yeah, exactly. The, the Palestinians and the Jews. You European you. borders. And so those are all European borders. And, and uh, boy, one day that's a topic I would love to, to go over with you guys is, is Israel and and, uh, and what's going on and what's going to happen there. But um, this will be the big struggle. And, and this is what the Palestinians, as a matter of fact, to bring them up, this is where they will finally get their head around because they will come up instead of... The, it is the only thing that will shake the terror label is their indigenous people trying to get their land back, yeah. which is basically the truth. You know, anything you can say about God's will and all the rest of that is, is kind of icing, but the the fundamental core is these are people that were displaced out of their land by Europeans, you know, yeah. who wanted well, here's it. The inter- here's what's interesting about, um, as far as um, Venezuela goes, there was a lot of anti, anti-Semite graffiti, and I did, I posted some pictures of that also, but there was like, they were, they were very pro-Hamas and very anti-Jew, 
and you'd see like you'd go places and have there'd be like swastika graffiti all over the place and I asked my nephew because you know he's very involved in the politics there and I asked him um, what was up with that because Venezuela was during World War II was one of the few countries that that fully welcomed Jews to migrate there like with open arms you know Venezuela was like encouraging them to come there and um, so they were very pro-Jewish I'm not necessarily sure they were pro-Israel but pro-Jewish um, but now they've taken a t- complete turn and it was really interesting that um, that they did that and um, they were very pro-Hamas and Chavez has even kicked out the Israeli embassy and all the diplomats from Israel um, due to the recent the recent scuffle they had with the whole missiles going into Palestine and killing you know school children and families and such so interesting take on that. I can agree with that. I'm not for swastikas, but uh, yeah, I can agree with that. Well, you know, one comment on that, if I may, um, that's a direct result, I think. And I've seen that happen, and, and I've been somewhat dismayed, though. Though I, uh, I probably don't sit where the, mess, the rest of America sits on the on the Middle East conflict. Um, but you know, it's kind of I think with Chavez, it's kind of you remember Castro was not a Marxist. We made Castro a Marxist because when, when you know, and, and the movie that everyone hates, God bless the, the, the Godfather 2, because there's a really good explanation of what really happened in Cuba in that movie. Um, when we didn't want to support, you know, when the, when the mafia put pressure on Hoover, when Hoover put pressure on our administrations, we drove Castro to Khrushchev. Mm-hmm. We put him in the backseat of a limo and drove there. The old line, my enemy's enemy is my friend. Mm-hmm. Well, when the World Bank, and you can say what you want about the administration of the World Bank, I, I believe a guy named Paul Wolfowitz was running the World Bank, um, pulled the funding at the administration, you know, pulled World, uh, World Bank financing from Chavez, where did he have else to go? Yeah. He had to go to the Middle East. He had to go to the, to the Muslim world. Because that's the only banking system that can compete with with the European banking system. Yeah. And if you know, and if you're yep. on Israel's bad side, then you cannot participate in in the World Bank. You just right. can't do it. And I don't think that's an anti-Semite statement I made there. No, we've made not. that our policy very clear as a nation that if you're an enemy of Israel, you're an enemy of us. Right. And and the thing is, Israel gets to decide who their enemy is, and generally, all it takes is criticism. You know, to, to get on that list. This, you this, want to hear something? No, sorry. Oh, uh, that's okay. Go what ahead. I was going to say is I, a really, really, really dumb friend of mine, this guy named Bob Freeman. <laughs> he, uh, he, he, uh, you mean our guest, Bob Freeman, from last week? Oh, yeah, yeah, that guy. He, <laughs> he, was, he was astounded. He, he was just horribly, horribly appalled that we gave the five... Uh, what was it five hundred million dollars in aid to Gaza to help rebuild it? Five hundred million, and I showed him all the numbers of how much we sent Israel in aid, how much we sent Israel in military aid, and then we're talking billions and billions of dollars. And just the response that I got from this guy were like, they just blew me over. They were like, well, well, they lost the war. They're the inferior race. They, they, this, they, that. I don't know. He's, he does a lot of stuff for shock value, but I mean, I think he represents a large, a large core of America that just, 
they think that that every time you see a house bulldozed or you see a bomb blow up an entire not an entire city but right into a suburban section of palestine and they say it's in in retaliation they just assume yeah i guess it was retaliation but I mean, most of the, I mean, half of those those mortars they throw over just go over and land in the damn fucking sand. You know, mm-hmm. it's just it's just it's ridiculous. You know, that's exactly what my mm-hmm. nephew said. He said, "Oh, those those bombs that the Hamas the, the fires off don't hurt anybody, so they really shouldn't do anything in return. Because when Israel does it, they mean business. You know, Israel doesn't fuck around. So anyway. yeah, there was a really good. Go ahead, if please. I invited you, if you were my cousin and you had had a bad time, and your neighbors had tried to kill you and burn down your house, and and you were my cousin, and I said, hey, come stay with me. And then after you stayed there a few weeks, you know, and I'm going, hey, okay, how you doing? You figuring out where you're going to go? You know, it's a little crowded. If all of a sudden you pulled a gun on me and then took my home and forced me out, and look, I... Gosh, I don't want to take your the show here, and, and I'm not. But I, I think that reality and truth does set you free. And the fact of a lot of the existence of Israel is simply for the fact that the United States did not want to take the outflow from Auschwitz and Buchenwald and all the rest of that. We did not want it. Right. And you know, and and so that's a lot of the reason for the for the creation of Israel and, and people don't want to say that. And the fact is that the Palestinian people have said, Hey, in Jerusalem, Muslim Christians and Jews have lived together in peace for a thousand years. Well basically since the last time the Christians came in, you know, and tried to take over. And uh and then the Muslim came and took back over and, and all the rest of this. But come on. And then in nineteen forty eight it all changed and, and I don't think Israel has ever taken responsibility for what happened in nineteen forty eight and I don't think most Americans know that um that we almost went to war with England over the creation of of, of Israel. And um and that we have been hook line and sinker every day. We do business with Muslims in the world that is worth billions of dollars of profit every day that's good and peaceful and employs Americans and all the rest of this. And we give Israel, I believe, the equivalent of $7.5 million in welfare every single day. And the guy that's profitable to us, we treat like crap and we call him an enemy. And the guy who's living off our breast milk, we treat like it's our infant child. And and. And so, and the fact is, I, I think, and I'll put this on the line, when they find out, when America, when the Muslim world finds out that the people that were really doing the torture at Abu Ghraib were, um, I can't think of Israel's CIA's name now, I had it just a second ago, but were Israeli agents, because no one is better at torturing Muslims on this planet than Israel. Damn, what, what is their name? That, um, it is- Mossad, the Mossad. Yeah, the Mossad. Yeah, when the, when the word gets out that, that that it was Mossad that was operating, because no one's ever been held accountable for who was operating the torture at Abu Ghraib, just the just the sacrificial soldiers went down. Um, we will have lost everything with that world. We will have lost everything. We will have lost all legitimacy. We will have lost everything with an entire segment of this planet. We will have lost all moral ground. Um, Israel will truly, truly, truly be doomed, and 
and and I don't know. I, I don't know how we got here, kids. I didn't mean to take it there, but <laughs> that's okay. But, no, that's good just good But in a way, I have never understood how the Palestinian people were the ones chosen to pay for Hitler's crimes. And yeah. uh, in a way, I'm not a fan of a minajad. And it, and it kind of shows how the hype machine in America works. But when Amenajad said that, why wasn't the new Israel carved out of the land of the of the criminals? Why wasn't it part of Austria and Poland and Germany? Well, that when you really think about it, it doesn't not make sense. Those were the people that committed the crimes against the Jews. Those were right. the people that should have compensated. Those were the people, frankly, who proved unworthy of ruling themselves because of the I atrocities. Agree. But, but that, but that's a discussion. And uh, halfbreeddave at gmail dot com, folks. Don't bombard Roe with the hate. I'll take it. <laughs> no, we love hate. I'll, yeah, we love the I'll, hate. I'll, hate, hate I'll, is I'll, the I'll take it directly, you know. And and I and I hope I don't sound like a hater. I, I hope I sound like a peacemaker. And and I don't believe that you can ever achieve peace if you're starting out with a lie you know about how you got to to the stand to the point of throwing blows with each other but that, that yeah. goes back to what you see in Chavez is the scariest thing to a colony to a colonizer is you see indigenous people rising up mm-hmm. you know and, and when you're a colonizer and an exploiter you know when you when you have your people living an elite life on the labor of others eventually those people will get tired of it yeah so, that's, yeah. that's totally true. So, now I do. I, I do want to mention. I, I do want to mention that if anyone wants to send any hate our way, um, go ahead and comment on the blog too. You can you can email Halfbreed Dave. That's cool. But comment on the blog, and Otto Otto will set you straight. Okay, I didn't mean to get a plug, <laughs> but I I can just hear it. I can just hear it coming. Yeah. <laughs> no, we're going to give you all the plugs you want. Anyways, well, let's move on to the um, to the Dick Cheney assassination ring. Otto, you want to take this one over because you actually blogged about it, and it's really it's it's pretty interesting. Um, so let's hear your take on that. Basically, uh, this guy Seymour Hirsch, uh, he's a writer. He's from University of Minnesota. He's not giving out a lot of information, but basically, what he's saying is that uh, the military was running an quote, executive assassination ring throughout the Bush year, reportedly directly to former Vice President Dick Cheney. Um, it came out inadvertently when Hirsch was asked by the moderator of a public discussion of American constitutional crisis whether abuses of, of executive power like those which occurred under Richard Nixon continue to this day. And what he said after 9-11, I hadn't written about this yet, but the Central Intelligence Agency the CIA was very deeply involved in domestic activities against people they thought to be enemies of the state without any legal authority for it, and they haven't been called on it. Uh, he then went on to uh, say uh, they don't report to anybody except in the Bush-Cheney days. They reported directly to the Cheney office. And uh, the most damning quote that he said was, it's an executive assassination ring, essentially. It's been going on and on under President Bush's authority. They've been going into countries not talking to the ambassador or the CIA station chief and finding the people on a list and executing them and leaving. That's been going on in the name of all of us. Do you know, I'm just kind of curious, do you have any suspicion as to who they're saying was executed? No, I'm, 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 I'm guessing it's going to be a 
bunch of countries under the sun. I don't think see everybody's going to read this and all the. I mean, when I first posted this, you know, on some of the boards, the right wingers were all oh, great, great because they're thinking, oh, they're going into Pakistan, you know, they're going into Afghanistan. You're going to find it's going to be countries in Africa. You're going to you're going to find it's going to be a lot of Central American countries. I think it's going to really really be shocking when you find out. And I have no idea how this Hirsch. Sorry about that. I, don't, I have no idea how this Hirsch even knows about this. But uh, but if it is true, I mean, it's definitely unconstitutional. Mm-hmm. It's 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 gonna which isn't surprising because you know based on I mean the whole Bush Cheney everything they did in Iraq basically was unconstitutional when you think about it. You know, it's like their whole their whole existence was based on what's unconstitutional. Yeah, and then and then Cheney and then Cheney goes on. Uh, I I think it was Meet the Press today. And again, he says Obama's making us less safe. And it's the the guy, that guy, I I think Dick Dick Cheney will go down in in American history as one of the worst people in in it. I think he's got Nixon beat by a mile. I don't know all this stuff I heard about George Washington is kind of scary, but uh, (laughs) I I think Dick Cheney's going to go down in history as a black market in it. Yeah, can I don't know he grow how... to rule the world and be a nice guy? <laughs> <laughs> I guess not. <laughs> but um, the thing is, is that I, I've always like said to myself, like especially after the whole the false reasons that we went into Iraq and all the American soldiers who have died, and not only the American soldiers, but the Iraqi citizens who have died. You know, just basic civilians, families, you know. Um, the Bush administration has a, has a lot of blood on their hands, and so this really wouldn't surprise me if this was the case, if this turned out to be true. No, that's good. That actually goes back to a joke I like to tell. Dick Cheney and uh, George Bush and Colin Powell are sitting, sitting eating breakfast at a Washington, D.C. restaurant, and uh, Colin Powell's arguing with Dick Cheney. He says, here. Let me prove it to you. He calls the waiter over. He says, hey, uh, we're about to start a war. We're going to kill 100,000 innocent Iraqi citizens and a bicycle repairman. And the waiter says, why are you going to kill a bicycle repairman? And Cheney says, see, Colin, I told you nobody would give a shit about 100,000 innocent Iraqi citizens. That's beautiful. That's beautiful. Ay, ay, ay. Moving well, on. You know, they did this. Can I hang you here for a second? Or I don't mean to hold yeah, you out. Yeah. But, you yeah, know, no I'm problem. old enough to remember um, that when I was a kid and Vietnam was going on, and I was a kid, but I was always interested in the news. And I remember Walter Conkite would come on with the evening news every night, and he would give a death count. How many of ours were hurt? How many of theirs were hurt? How many of ours were killed? How many of theirs were killed and what we lost in material goods? And then Dan Rather, who was a young man at the time, would, would do a report tape from the field in Vietnam. And it is so important, and the younger generation, and those of you under 30 who are, who are hearing this, you, you can't know what you missed and how important that was that every day an accounting was held in this country during Vietnam on what exactly we did. And the opposite happened in this war, and look at the results. Right. The closest thing we have to that, the closest thing we have to that is uh, 
uh, Keith Oberman. And what he'll do at the end of every broadcast is he'll, he'll say, and this has been 4,000 days since we declared mission accomplice in Iraq. That's kind of the closest thing we'll have to that. It's just important. It's, it's just so important that we know. And, and you know, it, it. the media has felt so much in this area. It, it's just people say, you know, it's funny when Joe the plumber went to Israel and go, hey, you people don't need to know. <laughs> I send bring me home. They're shooting real bullets over here. Y'all don't need to know what's going on. Oh God, Joe the plumber man. And, yeah. Oh uh, yeah, you know Otto's buddies with him. Yeah, he actually sent me a message on Facebook. <laughs> Did he I, pay his fines in Mesa? Because I think he still has a warrant. I mean, someone. I'm sure the party paid his tickets in Mesa. Yeah, I'm sure they took care of everything. I sent I sent him a message in a friend request and said something about paying his taxes, and he sent me. I don't have it up because I didn't think we'd get to Joe the plumber, but it was. It sounded like he was half drunk, but he he just sent me this. Oh, good, another lib, blah blah blah, and he's like, "Well, keep supporting me" or something like that, and I was like, "Fucking Joe the plumber is my friend. That's fucking awesome," because I blog about. I have a couple pet blogs I, I i love i love sarah palin i love everything about her everything that comes out of her mouth everything that comes out of her vagina i love <laughs> i love i love joe the plumber and i love rush limbaugh those are my three favorite people to blog about just just because of their hideous hideous hilarity it's like the morbid curiosity it's like how you have to slow down to look at a car wreck that's mm-hmm. that's that's what i think of those people yeah, the, I I agree. Joe the plumber, it was it was it just I burst out laughing when his first question when he was touring the Israel army's um gun catch or gun wherever they store their guns. Cache. Yeah, and um and he's touring that with the head of the army and and then he just looks at the camera and he's like, "Gosh, I have so many questions. I just don't know what to ask." And I I just like busted out laughing because it was so obvious he just didn't know what to ask. <laughs> well, it, how do you, you know, it, it's it, it's got to be a heavy leap to go from yeah. douchebag in the crowd to, to douchebag half of America. Yeah, to, to, to <laughs> douchebag that people are listening to. Yeah. You know, I got to imagine before this, even his wife wouldn't listen to him, you know? <laughs> I'm sure he couldn't get his kids to go to bed. Yeah, and uh, now all of a sudden, you know, he's, he's what, what? The right and uh, and my completely inadequate and, and invisible Senator John McCain thought was the example that America wanted to see, and and uh, I just think it's so funny that Hannity, that they, you know, maybe it's a point of what they just don't have, and uh, that that this would work, and that Palin would work, and and Chris, you're. I didn't realize that I too loved everything that came out of her vagina, but now I know this because you said that, <laughs> and I affirm. I too want to uh, to affirm my love for all of Sarah Palin's vaginal discharge and all the <laughs> all the joy it has brought to my world. Um, you know, I, I, I'm so torn between Octo Mom and uh, the daughter's breakup. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, yeah, Optimum is pretty fascinating. <laughs> I, I, yeah, just, I, I ran out I of hate for her, and now I'm into fascination. Yeah, I'm I'm giddy over the whole Levi. What's Bristol Bristol Levi breakup? 
I think that's hilarious. I think it's funny that um, I believe his name is kid. Levi Kitts, whose name will now be shit for the rest of his time he's stuck in Hooterville, Alaska. <laughs> I like how they if, named if their they're kid. They're going shit. after her brother-in-law yeah, for divorcing her sister. I can't imagine what this yeah. kid's life is going to be like in Wasilla. Yeah, he'd better move, huh? Thing is, he's, he's a good-looking kid, dude. All he's got to do is get out to Hollywood. He'll get, he'll get, he'll get roles. He'll get everything. And he's gonna write, he's gonna write a book because he already Sarah Pack, which which kind of pisses me off. And I'll go into that, but already up uh, uh, one of the God, I'm blanking. One of the spokespeople for Sarah Pack came out and said preemptively, you know, don't believe everything this kid's gonna say. This and that. This and that. Totally trying. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, totally trying to. Yeah, I didn't get a chance to blog on it, but he totally trying to discredit Levi, and Levi had yet to say a word. So I'm just, I'm really waiting. I'm I'm guessing he's going to write a book rather than just go spill it to the press. But I have a feeling that it's going to have a lot to do with arranged marriages. It's going to have a lot to do with him wanting maybe both of them wanting to get an abortion. I, I have a feeling there's going to be a lot of dirt there, and I can't wait to, to bathe in it like a pig. <laughs> was it his mom that was arrested for peddling Vicodin? Uh, or Oxycontin, Oxycontin, I think. Yeah. So yes. you, yeah. you would, one would have to wonder how that whole investigation thing went on, yeah. how this chick is dealing Vicodin in the middle of a presidential campaign that close to the... Uh, right. That close to the candidate. You would... You, I would see. I, I thought that was really kind of odd, you know. And we and we can always wonder if, uh, if at the point maybe the kid never really wanted to get married, and you know, you can. Oh, look, I think that that was. Will have, if they will have secret prisons, secret trials, secret police, secret death squads running around the world, you don't think they would uh, bring up charges against the kid's mom to make him marry the knockout VP candidate's daughter? Oh, yeah. absolutely. I mean, this is one of the things about the craziness of this administration that just went out, is that if you are open-minded and you can get away from Hannity and Fox News and, and the Rushmeister, is that you have to think what is, no longer do you think what is possible in America, you have to think what is, what is not possible. And, and the answer I come up with is, is zero. I, I, do you think any Americans have been bumped off? Do you think they have the sights on Cindy Sheehan? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, well, Paul Wellstone. Yeah. Are you familiar and with Paul so, Wellstone? I know the name. Yeah, basically, he was in a helicopter accident, and there's, he was basically, he, really great guy, really great guy, and uh, just like an untouchable guy, there's, there's, just just a really great guy, and he was, he was definitely going to be the next presidential candidate coming up. And his helicopter went down in some real shady circumstances. And I'm not a conspiracy theorist at all. I don't. I think planes flew into the into the twin towers. I think a plane flew into the Pentagon. But I do believe that Paul Wellstone's helicopter was brought down. So Why for the kid, so for the kids ask? at home, Google Paul Wellstone and just just take a look at some of the information that's out there about that. Well, by not asking questions, all is possible, and and. I think we, as a, as, a, as a people, have not shepherded our leaders and have not protected our our choice in near the way that that's our responsibility. And, and uh, you know, this I gosh, if you if you gave me a free credit card with a, with no limit on it, I don't know how 
I could not eventually get insane. And when these people took power and no one checked them, how could they not believe they were gods? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then that goes to the hypocrisy of all this money that Obama's spending right now. All these kids are so outraged, and it's just like, what about the billions and billions and billions that we spent on this unjust war? And, and they're just like, well, well, I mean, isn't the world a safer place without without Saddam Hussein? No, it's not. Saddam Hussein, I mean, now I'm going to get the hate mail, but Saddam Hussein was a good thing for this world. He, he, his regime was a counterbalance to Iran. Without, without him there as a counterbalance, now Iran can run totally rampant. They have nobody to keep them in check. So I think... Well, I am fully convinced... Oh, I didn't mean to cut you off. I'm sorry. But, no, no, please. Well, I'm fully convinced that Saddam's real crime was failure to invade Tehran. You know, he led that war to 20 miles outside of Tehran, and there he sat and demanded more money. And the very same people in charge under the Bush administration were in charge under Reagan, Rumsfeld, Poindexter, Cheney, Wolfowitz, uh, the whole nine yards, the very same people were there then. And I will never, ever be convinced that Saddam's real crime was not punishing Iran, was not fully invading Tehran and leveling it when we paid for it. Absolutely. I mean, we've all seen the, we've all seen the video of Dick Cheney selling chemical weapons, you know, to, and shaking hands with Saddam and, and, uh, and so I, I will always Rumsfeld. be convinced. Well, you know, he did commit one more crime that never gets discussed. And, and that one thing that Saddam did four months <clears throat> before the invasion was he quit trading oil in dollars. He started trading in euros. And uh, I, I say this to people. Here's another thing about the myth of where we stand in the world. If the, if the Muslim world truly wanted to destroy America, and I don't understand why they would, because we finance the Muslim world with our addiction to oil. Right. So why would you destroy your best customer if you're a crack dealer? That doesn't make sense. You want to keep them hooked. You don't want to kill them. Exactly. But the, 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 the fact is, if the Muslim world wanted to destroy America tomorrow, all they would have to do is quit trading oil in dollars and start trading in euros. And watch the collapse come. Mm-hmm. And watch it come instantly and totally and completely, and it would make 9-11 look like a walk in the park. If all of a sudden the Muslim world said, hey, we don't, not only will we not take dollars, but we want out of the dollars that we have, and we will take goat, sheep, camels, anything to get rid of these dollars, <laughs> we would all be living on ramen tomorrow. So, so the whole myth that the Muslim world is out to get us is, is nonsense, because if they... They already have us. Entirely. They true. already have us. <laughs> yeah. So. Anyway, I, I, I kind of wanted to make that point. I am not, look, folks, and those of you just meeting me, I am not a great defender of Islam or the Muslim world. I am a defender of truth and of pragmatism. And, and so um, one day we can do, we can, maybe we can talk about Darfur and how the Muslim world has no problem with killing black people for the color of their skin. Right. Yeah, so, we can we can address that issue in some days. So I'm I'm not the, the canary in the coal mine for for this. I'm just for justice, folks. There you go. Well, hey, we're um we're just about out of time. So let me just um say a few things here. If you listen to us on iTunes or ZenCast, feel free to add your comments, leave some feedback, let us know how we're doing, rate us, of course. 
Um, vote for us on Podcast Alley. If you go to podcastalley.com, search for Z-List, ZZZ-List, and um, click on the show, and you can vote for us. Um, let's go into some plugs here. Zlist.com, ZZZList.com, and we also have a blog site at zlist.wordpress.com. That you can get to from the main site. Yeah. Just click. You can go to the just click on blog on the main site. Email your feedback to editor at zzzlist.com. Um, Dave, did you want to give out your email again? Half I, I actually, I don't. <laughs> oh, okay. Never mind. <laughs> if they're going to give the hate, make them work for it. So. There you go. There you go. That'll drive um, up repeat listens. There you go. There you go. <laughs> On uh, on MySpace, ZZZ List. Um, Otto is also on MySpace, Otto TK. Um, Dave, you want to plug your Facebook or your MySpace or anything? No, no, I think everything. Okay. Uh, please comment at ZZZ List, folks. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm not if, scared, but let's keep it all at home right now. <laughs> send me your messages. I'll relay them to Dave. We're friends. So on Facebook, um, look for Ro Hurley. I'm the only one there. Look for Chris Otto. He's the one from Scottsdale. Or you can just look at Roe Hurley and look at my friends and find Chris from there. Um, let's give Bob Freeman a plug, too, since we mentioned him a few times. BobFreemanBoard.com for all your retard needs. Again, I don't post under there. There's this guy that posts as Otto there. That's not me. I post as Omerta. <laughs> I don't know why you find that funny, but Omerta is my yeah. screen name there. Okay. Anyways, um, anything else, David? Otto? No. All right. Well, I was going to close, but just everybody, you know what, if we're going to make it better, everybody's got to do their part. It's not a global solution. Get out into your front yard, fix your yard, help your neighbor fix theirs. You know what, we, if we sit around and wait on the guys to claim to have all the answers to fix it, it's, it's not going to get any better. So save yourself first, and by doing that, we'll save everyone else. There you Amen, go. Amen, brother. All right. Thanks for listening.
Hiroshima Destroy another Feed us now We don't let children in hell I've seen the future, baby It is murder Cut, 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 cut. That's a fucking joke, right?